You are listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nikarek, episode 24. Hello, teacher brain. What are you up to right now? Are you making dinner, putting lunches together, doing some stuff around the house, feeding and or walking the dog, getting your kids dressed, sending an email to your principal or boss, all of the above? I know you, teacher brain. You are a multitasking master, yes? You pride yourself on your ability to juggle making dinner, listening to a podcast, planning your lessons for tomorrow, helping your kids with their homework, and I don't know, sewing a Halloween costume at the same time, yes? You have, you have to, right? Otherwise, how would anything get done? There are so many things that require your attention. There are not enough hours in the day to get it all done. Multitasking saves time, right? Surprisingly, no. (laughs) Actually, just the complete opposite. Multitasking creates an illusion of productivity, but it's not actually productive. Now, I'm not saying you're not capable of doing two things at once. It's certainly possible to cook dinner while watching TV or walk and chew gum or talk on the phone with your mom and send an email to your boss at the same time. But it's not possible to concentrate on two things at the same time. At any single moment, your attention can only be on one thing at a time. So either you are tending to the pot of pasta on the stove and the TV is just noise in the background, or you're watching the TV and your arm is stirring the pasta kind of unconsciously. Multitasking requires your brain to repeatedly switch your focus between tasks. So this wouldn't be a big deal if your brain were able to do this seamlessly with no lag, but it cannot. This task switching causes a disruption in performance and creates a delay in brain activity. Now, granted this delay is often only a few milliseconds long, and you might think, well, pshaw, a few milliseconds, that's nothing. But over the course of a day, you may be surprised to learn just how much time is lost due to this repeated switching of tasks. How much time would you think you would lose by multitasking in a day? Give it a guess. In minutes or hours, percent? Well, when you multitask, you are actually losing up to 134 minutes a day. That's over two and a half hours of your day gone. 28% efficiency. 28%. That's huge. Almost a third of your day, every day, is lost to multitasking. What? I know. It didn't make sense to me either when I first heard it, but stay with me. This has been proven by researchers time and again, researchers from places like Stanford and Harvard. And I think we've already established uh, in earlier episodes that these guys kind of know what they're talking about, right? So, so how exactly do we lose these precious 134 minutes, these, this two and a half hours, that 28% of every day? Well, let me paint you a little picture. You're in the middle of composing an email to your admin or a parent when the phone rings. So you stop writing the email and you glance at your phone to see who is calling, milliseconds. It's your mom. So you take a breath, milliseconds, and answer, hi mom, what's up? During which your brain has to release the norm 
importance of email composition. So things like thinking about appropriate language and tone, grammar and spelling accuracy, the content of your message, etc. Milliseconds and the physical act of typing and shift to the norms of a phone conversation, milliseconds, and specifically phone conversations with your mother, more milliseconds, the tone and word choice, the format, a couple minutes of small talk before diving into the reason for the call. All the while, you may be thinking of the fact that you have to finish this email and send it off. So perhaps while you're talking to your mom, your brain drifts back and remembers something you wanted to add to the email, more milliseconds. Now you have to release your concentration from what your mom is saying and bring it back to the email, milliseconds. Meanwhile, you missed something that your mom said, so you stop typing and bring your attention back to her, more milliseconds. (laughs) After a few more minutes, you ask your mom, like, if you can just call her back because you have to send this really important email. Sure, sweetie, she says. Talk to you soon. Okay, back to your email. Your brain has to release the phone call norms and resume attention to the email milliseconds. But you can't just pick up where you left off in your email. So you have to like reread the last few sentences or maybe the whole thing to get back into the groove. And now we're talking seconds, not just milliseconds. So you write a few more words and then suddenly your stomach grumbles. I could really use a snack, you think to yourself. And so it goes as you move through your day. A study conducted back in 2003 found that the typical person checks his or her email every about five minutes and that after doing so, it takes on average 64 seconds to resume the previous task. No longer are we in the realm of milliseconds. This is over a minute every time. What's more, the more time we spend on those distractions, those second, third, or fourth tasks, the less likely we are to even go back to our original task. So that leaves us with piles of unfinished work for us the next day. And this is what creates the illusion because we feel like we spent all day working away on all of these things and we're still left with a pile of unfinished tasks at the end of the day. So that makes us believe that Everything would take much longer if we had given one task at a time our undivided attention because we think we have been doing that with all of these things and we're still not done. It's like if you had um, 10 soccer balls that you had to kick down the field and into the net. Okay, so you can either move one ball at a time all the way down the field and kick it into the net or you can move each ball ahead a little bit at a time and work all 10 down the field at once. Now, it might seem like moving them all at once would get to the net faster, but you're not accounting for like all the little back and forth that um, every time you kick one of the balls ahead, you're not accounting for miss kicks where the ball goes a bit wonky and you have to chase it down um, while managing the other nine balls. Eventually, you're going to get tired of all that shuffling around and you may even lose your your footing and trip because your attention is so divided. Um Or you might give up altogether because you've exhausted your brain and body (laughs) in, you know, running around and chasing all those balls at once. Whereas if you focus on one ball at a time, you can give more powerful kicks to each ball and therefore move them farther ahead with a single kick, which means you get the ball into the net much faster. And so your brain is getting that hit of dopamine it thrives on and your attention is not divided. And so you're able to move more efficiently and effectively down the field while maintaining your focus and attention and thus are more likely to complete the task and in less time. 
On a brain level, when you multitask, you put your brain in overload. So your prefrontal cortex, your hippocampus, auditory and visual areas, for example, all go haywire. Constantly responding to distractions like emails and texts also hinders high-level thinking. And Microsoft um, discovered that an interrupted workflow can take up to 30 minutes to resume. 30 minutes. So again, we are outside of milliseconds now. We are wasting 30 minutes. Multitasking also hurts academic performance and shortens our attention spans. And not only that, but when our attention is pulled in different directions, mistakes are made, messes are created, and details are missed. And sometimes they're key details. And it even affects social skills. So what is the answer? Monotasking. Monotasking is the new multitasking. Choose one priority task, something that is important. Set a time block for it when you can be alone. Turn off all distractions, notifications on your tech, social media, even disconnect from Wi-Fi. And by the way, I'm not saying like technology is not evil. It's not the enemy. It's not causing us the harm. Technology is a beautiful thing as long as we stay in control of it. But if every time your phone beeps, you check it and respond like, yes, master, it's a distraction and it's controlling you. So turn your phone off, no calls, no meetings, no interruptions and focus, concentrate. Focus is the source of productivity. It is the superpower of getting things done. But (laughs) have you actually ever been explicitly taught how to focus? or even what focusing is, what it means. Think about that for a second. In school, for example, was there ever a class in focusing or concentrating? Not mine, but were you told to focus, to concentrate? Were you expected to? You betcha. Have you ever caught yourself telling your kids or students to focus? I have. Okay, everybody, you need to focus. Can you just focus for a second? but I didn't teach them how. I expected them to know how, but I didn't actually teach them how. It's like handing someone a violin who's never had a lesson before and demanding like, play it, play it. So how do we learn how to focus? Well, we have to start by understanding what focusing means. And Dandapani is a Hindu priest and former monk, and he's considered the leading expert in all things focus and concentration. And he explains focus in a wonderful way as involving our mind and our awareness. So he defines the mind as being a vast space with many different areas. There's an area for food, one for science, another for anger, one for joy, sex, happiness, sadness, holidays, etc. And awareness, he says. So imagine it as a glowing ball of light that travels through the different areas of the mind. He says that focus is the ability to keep one's awareness, that glowing ball of light, in one area of the mind for an extended period of time. I just love that explanation and visual. I think it's so easy to understand and so accessible for the little brains in our homes and classrooms too. So awareness, sorry, focus is the ability to keep one's awareness, that glowing ball of light in one area of the mind for an extended period of time. 
So the goal is to control where that ball of light goes and hold it there long enough to gain knowledge from it. That's focus. And it requires practice. We need to learn how to control that ball of light and hold it in that area of our mind long enough to gain knowledge from it. If our awareness starts to drift out of that area, we need to learn how to bring it back in. And distractions are what kill focus. We are well practiced at distraction. Multitasking is perpetual distraction. We're practicing being distracted 12 to 16 hours a day. And depending on how old you are, you've been doing it for the past, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 plus years. We're so good at it. We allow other things to take our awareness to different areas of our minds for us. Every time you give into a distraction, your brain gets a hit of dopamine. And we know that dopamine is our motivator. It keeps us doing that which gave us the hit in the first place. So in order to focus, we need to eliminate distractions. Let our brain get that hit of dopamine from monotasking, from sticking with one task all the way through to its completion. And you are in control. We know this. Your mind doesn't wander. Your awareness is wandering. And you are in control of your awareness, even if it doesn't feel like it at times. So let's let's do a little exercise together right now so I can show you what I mean. If it is safe to do so, I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And bring your awareness to the surface that's supporting your body right now, whether that's sitting in a chair, lying down, standing up, feel the surface that's supporting your body. Feel the weight of your body on that surface. Now listen to the sounds in the room. What do you hear? Now think of the last dinner party you attended. Where was it? Who was hosting? Was it you? What did you wear? Did you have fun? How was the food? Did someone drink too much? How did you get home? Okay, now think of the last vacation you went on. Where was it? How was the weather? Did you meet someone there? Did you make any bad choices? Did you fly or drive? Did you try something new? How was the food? What were the people like? What did the place smell like? Now bring your awareness back to where you are now. What sounds do you hear? Feel the surface supporting you, your chair, your bed, the floor, the ground, Take a breath and slowly open your eyes. So you can see you just practiced moving your awareness around to different areas of your mind. You are in control and yet we allow other things to push and pull our awareness around for us. We allow this to happen all day long. And therefore, we become distracted. So are you practicing concentration or distraction? The good news is 
we can learn and we can practice focus and concentration. And we get better at what we practice. Practice makes progress. Yeah. Practice makes progress. Perfection is an illusion. It does not exist. But imagine if you did start playing the violin 20 minutes a day. Think of how much progress you would make in a month. What if you practiced two hours a day? Imagine how good you'd be after a year. We can teach ourselves and others how to focus. We direct our awareness to an area of the mind and hold it there. And when our awareness begins to wander, we notice that and we guide it back. And we, are, we already know from episode nine that questions are the answer. So ask your brain a question and it will work at getting you the answer, even when you're not thinking about it. That's why we often have revelations about something at the most like random times. Like mine always seem to come when I'm in the shower and have nothing to write <laughs> down on. Or in the middle of the night, I wake up with like, Eureka, because your brain is working for you even in your sleep. So ask yourself, what would be a good opportunity to practice concentration and focus today? Pick something you do repeatedly throughout the day and use that thing as an opportunity to practice focus. For example, when you're speaking with someone, keep the ball of light on that person. Use the people you're talking to as an opportunity to practice concentration. Start small. Practice like 10 to 20 minute chunks a few times a day and then bump it up to one to two hour chunks. And think of how good you'll be after a month. And think of how much more meaningful your relationships with people will be. When people are present with you, you remember them. People know when your awareness is on them. So practice that to start with. Then employ the same strategy to other areas of your life and watch not only your productivity skyrocket, but your enjoyment of life as well because your awareness is on what is happening in the now. You're, you're really living in the moment. You're becoming present. And isn't that what is one of the like top secrets to a fulfilling life, being present? Focus and concentration are the key. Wouldn't it be nice to finish two and a half hours earlier every day? That's 17 and a half hours a week. That's 912 hours a year. That's 38 days a year. That's over a month. So are you complaining now that there aren't enough hours in a day that you never have time to do the things you want? How about an extra two and a half hours a day? How about an extra month, a year? How does that sound? <laughs> what will you do with that time? So let's just recap what we talked about today. Multitasking is out. It wastes two and a half hours a day. Monotasking is the new multitasking. Focusing is holding your awareness in one area of your mind for an extended period of time. You can practice focusing and get better at it. And practice makes progress. If we want the little brains in our lives to focus, we need to teach them how and give them time to practice. Focusing allows you to become present and truly enjoy life and its wonderful moments. So now ask your brain to think of a good opportunity to practice focusing today. 
Maybe listening to the podcast, for example. Perhaps focus on writing a review for it even. I'm ever so grateful for your support and I appreciate each and every one of you. I've also linked in the show notes a couple of resources um, for helping with monotasking and, and habit building to help you with focusing on one thing at a time. So take a look at those as well. And thank you so much for joining me again today. You have been listening to the Teaching Little Brains podcast with Sarah Nickerak. Until next week. Bye for now.